0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast, my name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about pacemakers and if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic you can follow along at zerotofinals.com slash pacemakers or in the cardiology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Pacemakers deliver controlled electrical impulses to specific areas of the heart in order to restore the normal electrical activity and improve the function of the heart. They consist of a small pacemaker box called a pulse generator and the pacing leads that carry electrical impulses from the little pacemaker box to the relevant part of the heart. The box is implanted under the skin, most commonly in the left anterior chest wall or the axilla and the wires are implanted into the relevant chambers of the heart. Modern pacemakers have a computer that monitors the natural electrical activity and tailors its function to the natural activity of the heart. Basically, if the heart is already working perfectly, no intervention is required or provided by the pacemaker. Pacemaker batteries last around 5 years. Pacemakers do not interfere with day-to-day electrical activities such as using mobile phones or computers. However, they may be a contraindication for MRI scans due to the powerful magnets in the MRI scans. And they also can't be used with electrical interventions such as TENS machines and diathermy and surgery. Many modern pacemakers are MRI compatible, meaning that you can go through MRI scans with the pacemaker fitted. It's worth noting that it's essential that pacemakers are removed prior to cremation in deceased patients. On the cremation form, one of the most important tasks is to confirm whether the deceased patient has a pacemaker and whether the pacemaker has been removed. You may hear stories about pacemakers blowing up crematoriums. And this is a dramatic exaggeration but they can explode when burned, causing significant damage. So what are the indications for a pacemaker? Some of the indications are symptomatic bradycardias, Mobitz type 2 AV block and third degree heart block where there's a risk of asystole, severe heart failure where biventricular pacemakers are used and hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy where patients have implantable cardiac defibrillators in order to shock the rhythm of the heart if they go into VF or VT. Firstly let's talk about single chamber pacemakers and single chamber pacemakers have leads in a single chamber and that might either be in the right atrium or the right ventricle and they're placed in the right atrium if the AV conduction in the patient is normal and the issue is with the sinoatrial node. This way they stimulate depolarization in the right atrium and then this electrical activity then passes to the left atrium through the AV node to the ventricles in the normal way that it would. Single chamber pacemakers are placed in the right ventricle if the AV conduction in the patient is abnormal and then they stimulate the ventricles directly. Dual chamber pacemakers have leads in both the right atrium and the right ventricle and this allows the pacemaker to synchronize the contractions of both the atria and the ventricles. Biventricular or triple chamber pacemakers have leads in the right atrium, the right ventricle and the left ventricle. And these are usually used in patients with heart failure and the objective is to synchronize the contractions in the different chambers to try and optimize the heart function. They are also called cardiac resynchronization therapy pacemakers or CRT pacemakers. Implantable cardioverter defibrillators or ICDs are used to continuously monitor the heart and apply a defibrillator shock to cardiovert the patient back to normal sinus rhythm if they identify that the patient has gone into a shockable rhythm, such as VF or VT. Finally, let's talk about ECG changes with pacemakers. And this is quite a common task to be asked to do in your OSCE exams is to look at an ECG and determine the type of pacemaker that the patient has. The pacemaker intervention can be seen as a sharp vertical line on all the leads of the ECG trace. A line before each P wave indicates a lead in the atria as this indicates that an electrical impulse has been sent to the atria stimulating atrial contraction and a P wave. A line before each QRS complex indicates a lead in the ventricles as an impulse has been sent to the ventricles to stimulate ventricular contraction and a QRS complex. Therefore, a line before each P or QRS complex but not the other indicates a single chamber pacemaker and a line before both the P and the QRS complexes indicates a dual chamber pacemaker. And this is how you can distinguish them in your exams. So thanks for listening to this episode on pacemakers. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. If you like this podcast and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. You can also pick up a copy of the Pediatrics book, which contains all the key notes and guidelines you need for your pediatrics exams. You can also find a full audiobook version of the Zero to Finals Medicine book on Audible which is available to download so that you can take all the audio topics with you wherever you go and listen from cover to cover or to individual chapters and topics to cover the key areas you need for your medical exams. You can also find the notes as well as videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com and I hope you tune in to the next episode and the next series where we'll be going through endocrinology and specifically hormonal axis physiology.